From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Simon Marks. President Trump has announced that he's brokered a peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. The surprise deal will see the two nations normalize diplomatic relations after decades of hostility. The president says it was approved earlier today by Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed of the UAE. Everybody said this would be impossible. After 49 years, Israel and the United Arab Emirates will fully normalize their diplomatic relations. They will exchange embassies and ambassadors and begin cooperation across the board and on a broad range of areas, including tourism, education, healthcare, trade, and security. This is a truly historic moment, not since the Israel-Jordan peace treaty was signed more than 25 years ago has so much progress been made towards peace in the Middle East. As part of the deal, Israel has agreed to halt the further annexation of Palestinian lands. President Trump says the deal will be signed between Israel and the UAE in the next few weeks. The announcement is a stunning diplomatic coup for the US president as he battles for re-election. In other news today, the number of Americans filing for first-time unemployment benefit fell last week to below one million for the first time in five months. From FSN's bureau in New York, Will Denzelow reports. For the week ending August 8th, 963,000 Americans filed for unemployment benefits, below the 1.1 million analysts were expecting. The number of continuing claims, those receiving benefits for at least two weeks also fell, but remains above 15 million. There's been chaos in England where thousands of students and their parents are furious that nearly 40% of crucial A-level results are being downgraded. End-of-school exams were cancelled because of COVID-19 and schools had to submit predicted grades, but more than a quarter of a million of them have now been altered. From FSN's London Bureau, Benji Hire reports. A-level results day is always a momentous occasion in the UK for those involved, a time when futures are made or dreams are shattered. That's even more the case this year amidst the COVID-19 pandemic which led to the cancellation of the exams. Teachers were instead told to submit the grades they thought each student would have received had they sat the papers. Except the body of exam providers standardised these predictions based on the school's past performances to try to maintain consistency. And the government has vowed not to scrap these moderated results. One other headline today, New Zealand has reported 14 new cases of COVID-19, one day after Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern ordered Auckland into a fresh lockdown. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. Welcome, welcome, Stacy on the right, coming at you fast for another podcast. And I'm so excited about our content today. I, I want to 
I want to rebuff and and set the record straight about shootings, unarmed shootings uh, or shootings of unarmed black men, I should say, uh, in the year 2019. And so there's been a ton of of false information that's been spread far and wide. And the purpose of the sharing today is to make it utterly clear. First of all, there there is no excuse for um, unjustified shootings. So I want to get that out there before anybody gets it twisted about setting the record straight. Setting the record straight doesn't justify anyone being shot outside of the use of force continuum. That being said, it is super important for us to acknowledge that there are times when criminals step outside of what is allowable behavior and the life of an officer is in danger. And when that happens, they have the right to defend themselves and the lives of others. And sometimes that means someone's going to get shot. More often than not, the person being shot is not a black person, but when it is a black person and it is an election year, it becomes an issue that is just absolutely ridiculous because now all of a sudden it's something that we need to literally stop the earth turning on its axis to address. But if it's not an election year, well, everyone just continue to move about the country as you were before without any, just don't even stop and take notice. That's got to stop. So right now, I want to I wanna get into it. I... I love it when a plan comes together. And this time it was me discovering this article by Matt Walsh, who took the time to look up every case of an unarmed black man being shot by the police. Now, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, full disclosure here. My father was in law enforcement. He retired from two, not one, but two law enforcement careers. And so I do not believe in systemic racism in law enforcement. I believe that just like any other industry, police officers have bad apples within their, their ranks and those need to be purged out. And so the process for doing that, that might be a, an issue, right? It might be an issue that that's not happening. So if it's not happening and it's in your police department, if you're listening to this from anywhere across the country and you say, you know, my police department has some corruption in it, that's a local control issue. And there's a way for you to handle that. And that is through your City council, county council, uh, county executive, city executive, city manager, mayor, what have you. Whoever is directly in charge of your police department in the jurisdiction in which you live, your taxing jurisdiction, by the way, those are the people that you either want to replace or start an email chain with and begin to attend their meetings and let them see your face and help them to understand that you don't like what's going on. You name it. it it's an option for you because... Local control is still a thing. So let's get into these. According to the DOJ, police make about 10 million arrests each year. As a rough average, 7 million of the arrested suspects are white and 3 million are black. Out of that number, last year, 25 unarmed white people were killed by the police compared to 14 unarmed black people. Now, the Washington Post maintains a database of police shootings, and that's where this data comes from. That equates to a 0.0004% of all blacks arrested, killed, while being unarmed. Now, the percentage for whites is comparable. In total, 1,000 people were shot and killed by police in 2019, the vast majority of whom were armed. Still, that's a mere 0.1% of all of the arrests that occurred. So the numbers aren't exactly the same every year. 22 unarmed black people were killed in 2017, compared with 31 white people. 
but the percentage doesn't change very much. So we can also acknowledge that the numbers vary depending on what source you use. USA Today cites a crowdsourced database that has 25 unarmed black killings in 2019. But if you dig into that database, you'll find that the individual cases in there, uh, they're counting different things as police shootings. So any shooting involving a police officer, whether he's on duty or off duty, and they even include violence that stems from domestic disputes or off-duty bar fights. So if a cop gets into a bar fight off-duty and it has nothing to do with the use of force continuum and there's no arrest involved and the person that they're fighting with doesn't know they're a police officer and there's a shooting, they include that because the person involved was a police officer. Well, that's not exactly an accurate picture of what most people consider to be officer-involved shootings. You're thinking of an officer who's on duty. They're operating in the capacity of their work. They're under the use of force continuum and any kind of departmental guidelines that have been instituted uh, on, on how to deal with suspects, armed or unarmed. And their behavior is completely different than if they're caught unawares or you know they're drunk and they're in a bar fight, which, by the way, Police officers actually don't have like it. So they get off duty time, obviously, but they're never really off duty. And anytime they're carrying a firearm, you're prohibited when you're carrying a firearm from being drunk. That That's not two things you get to do. Even if you're just a regular plain old run of the mill, run of the mill civilian and you get a concealed carry permit. Whenever you're carrying that permit and a firearm, you are prohibited from getting drunk. So that's a whole nother conversation. And maybe we'll spend a podcast digging into uh, proper behaviors when you're armed. But the whole category of unarmed shootings can be very misleading and um, it, it can be kind of disturbing to figure into the equation when you're looking at the numbers from one source. You have to ask, what do you consider an unarmed shooting? And, you know, do you include, like, what, what things do you include? Do you include officer-involved shootings where they're off-duty or where it's a domestic disturbance? an officer who's been suspended for domestic violence then goes on and uses a, you know, a firearm to shoot someone. Do you include that? So you have to get down into the details. So in this case, we're talking about the 14 cases that were included in the Washington post 2019 database. And a few of them are straightforwardly unjustified, meaning there's no excuse for these. And so a prosecution is in order to determine more of the facts of the case, but on, on, on first blush, these are not, these are not justified. So I'll go over those first. Tatiana Jefferson was shot while sitting inside her mother's home. The officers were responding to a call from a neighbor who was concerned that there'd been a break-in in the residence. Officer Aaron Dean peered into a window in the dark, spotted Jefferson, screamed for her to show her hands, and then shot her before ever identifying himself as a police officer. Dean has since been charged with murder. Now, this is an outrageous and egregious case of an officer acting outside of what their training dictates. This was an unjustified shooting. Dean has been charged with murder. And it's obvious that it's not systemic racism because systemic racism would mean that someone would give him a slap on the wrist or suspend him and he would maintain his job and he would never be tried for murder. Right? So even though he could hardly see who he was shooting were not able to say it was racism based solely upon the fact that he just went in there all wild willy nilly and started shooting. It's bad training, bad actions on his part, a whole lot of bad things at play here. So let's go on to the next one. 
Officer Carmen DeCruz in Texas fatally shot a man named Michael Dean. Body cam footage apparently shows that DeCruz accidentally just discharged his firearm while trying to confiscate Dean's car keys during a traffic stop. DeCruz has been charged with manslaughter. Again, DeCruz is not being treated in a way that indicates systemic racism because he has been charged. Now, here are a few cases that are not as clear cut, but are still what I would consider to be unjustified. Christopher Whitfield was shot allegedly during a scuffle with police after trying to steal from a convenience store. The sheriff's office claimed the shooting was accidental. A grand jury cleared the officer of any criminal wrongdoing. Justified? Unjustified? Sounds sketch. It's up to, um, obviously, the, the jury, the grand jury, to say one way or the other. Joseph Richardson of Louisiana was shot by Officer Vance Montranga Jr. during a no-knock drug raid at a Budget 7 motel. Richardson was unarmed and shot in the back of the head. Deputies on the scene said Richardson turned and reached for his waistband, and Montranga was not charged with any crime. So the officer who shot him, not charged with a crime. Wow. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Officer Giovanni Crespo was indicted for aggravated manslaughter for shooting Gregory C. Griffin during a car chase. Crespo says he thought Griffin pointed a gun at him. Body cam footage shows Crespo jump out of his police cruiser, another officer was driving, and fire multiple shots at the fleeing vehicle. Justified? Unjustified? Eh, again. Wow. The next case, Officer Sung Kim shot and killed Jimmy Atchison while trying to arrest him for allegedly stealing a cell phone at gunpoint. Atchison was backed into a broom closet at the time of the shooting. Now, the six shootings I just went over range from kind of like unbelievably crazy, like what world are we living in type crazy, to, um, you know, questionable. So you're not sure on a few of the ones, especially the, the towards the end there, you're not sure if, if it was just like what they thought, what did the officer think they were seeing, ranging over to at the very beginning there, just obviously not okay. But we're still talking about six out of the approximately three million black suspects who were arrested in 2019. Half of the officers in the the first six that I've covered here have been charged with crimes. So those actions, them being charged with crimes, mean they're not in a place where they're untouchable or or that they're being uh, given a license to kill. Only one of the cases is a clear-cut case of murder. Two of them fall under the guidelines that could be like manslaughter. You could potentially make an argument for manslaughter in the other three cases but those officers weren't charged. They were cleared by grand juries or their, or their police departments. So none of the cases are examples of white supremacy, where you have a clear-cut case of individuals going out and hunting down blacks for the simple virtue of the, their black people. And the last officer, the officer in the last case, he's <laughs> Sung Kim. He's not a white guy. So then that leaves eight more shootings from 2019. Now we're going to learn a little bit more about the meaning of words and how important it is that we all have the same 
uh, nomenclature that we're launching off from. We understand the same words to have the same definitions. Let's start with Melvin Watkins, who was shot by a sheriff's deputy after Watkins' family called 9-11-911 to report that he'd become violent and they feared for their safety. When officers arrived on the scene, Watkins allegedly tried to run them over with his car. Multiple witnesses and video support this version of events. And he was shot and killed. Knoxville police officer Dylan Williams was cleared of any wrongdoing by the DA after fatally shooting Chinara Feep last summer. Five eyewitnesses plus video evidence and dash cam footage confirmed that Feep assaulted Williams, choked him, grabbed his taser, and then used it on him. Ryan Twyman, in the next case, was shot by police attempting to arrest him for possession of illegal firearms in June of 2019. Security camera footage shows Twyman driving away with an officer trapped by his car door. The other officer who was on the scene opened fire because he feared for the life of his partner. Next case, Kevin Pudlick. He was killed by police during a car chase. The driver of the car Pudlick was in, Christopher Lee Calvin, nearly pinned an officer between his car and a concrete wall. Cops on the scene finally opened fire when they believed Calvin was intentionally trying to ram into an officer. Calvin was actually charged in Pudlick's death. So, uh, and you know how that works. If you, if someone is killed during the commission of a crime, even if it's one of your accomplices, you're charged with that because everything coming out of the initial act, whether it was armed robbery or whatever, everything that stems from that murder of innocent bystanders, murder that someone else committed, it, if it all stems from the crime that you initiated, you get charged with it. So then you have Isaiah Lewis, a black teenager. He was shot by an officer after pouncing on an officer and knocking him unconscious. Marcus McVeigh, a renowned criminal, as the local media described him, has a bevy of violent crimes to his name, including assault of a public servant. He was killed by a police officer after assaulting an officer during a foot chase. You have Marzia Scott, who can be seen on body cam footage attacking a female officer who was trying to arrest him for assaulting a store clerk moments before. The footage clearly shows that the officer was knocked to the ground by Scott and that she tried to use her taser before resorting to her firearm. And lastly, Kevin Mason of Baltimore was shot by police responding to a domestic violence call. Mason sent dogs after the officers. When that didn't scare them off, he called 911 and threatened to blast them and kill every last one of them. Mason was ultimately shot when he emerged from his home after explicitly announcing his intention to murder the cops on the scene. No reasonable person could describe any of the eight cases just listed as cold-blooded murder, much less hate crimes. These were violent criminals shot while in the act of physically attacking and threatening police officers. Most of them were not truly unarmed either. I mean, I, I, I defy you. You see someone coming at you with their car. They're going to ram you and pin you between a concrete wall. They've got 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 pounds of heavy metal with an engine in it hundreds of horses under the hood and you see it coming towards you. Do you think that that person is coming to show you how pretty their car is or that they're coming to kill you? One of the people used a dog. Another used a taser. Others used their hands and nearly succeeded in arming themselves with the officer's weapon. So in the strictly legal sense, they weren't holding their own firearm, but they were using items at their disposal as deadly weapons, which led to them being shot. So is there an epidemic of unarmed black men being shot by the police? The answer here is clearly no. 
Now, the numbers actually give us cause to see the conclusion here as being that there's only a tiny fraction of black people who are killed in the process of being arrested by the police and that an even tinier fraction are unarmed at the time and that an even teensier, tinier little fraction of those fraction of the fraction of the fraction actually had no weapon of the kind, any kind. And we're still making, uh, you know, uh, no attempt to kill or hurt a police officer. So we're talking about those egregious shootings where you're literally just sitting there and the cop comes in and shoots you, but they're not at, they don't rise to the level of an epidemic. So you can review all of these. Um, the story that he wrote on this actually has links to all of the different news items on these things. You can you can go there and check them out for yourself. I'm I'm just interested in us being rational and informed on this issue. And it's not that I don't understand why people would be emotional about it, especially if they've been sold a bill of goods that. Black men are just walking around getting gunned down by the police all the time. But 7 million arrests and a total of, you know, just this small number of unarmed black men killed by the police. It's kind of stunning. I mean, it's really, you, you have to be willing to uh, suspend belief. You have to be willing to say, look, uh, the most important thing here is that anyone was shot. So you, you have to have this impossible standard you're willing to operate under that no person should e who's black should ever be shot by the police under in no circumstances. And that's impossible as well because you can't control whether or not someone who's already a criminal will behave in a criminal manner. So that leads me to some more data that I want to share. And this also underpins what we've been discussing. And again, I want to, I've gone on the record with this before, but I want to do it one more time for the good of the order. Obviously, I feel like George Floyd's tragic death under the knee of a Minneapolis police officer, I feel like that was unjustified. And that's my opinion. And you're welcome to disagree with it. But there it is. You know, you, you have to get your own podcast if you want to put that out there. Emailing me is not going to help. So it's not a secret that blacks in America who live in, you know, communities of color tend to be policed more heavily. Um, that is where police have to spend more time policing. People who live in predominantly black areas experience more crime. There is more violent street crime in those areas. In New York City in 2018, 73% of the shooting victims were black. Blacks only comprise 24% of the city's population. So you can see the numbers there. They're, they're outrageous. Nationally, African-Americans between the ages of 10 and 34 die from homicide at 13 times the rate of white Americans. And this is according to researchers who work for the CDC um, and the Justice Department. So community requests also determine police deployment. The most urgent requests often come from law-abiding residents of high-crime neighborhoods. So it's black people calling the cops on their criminal neighbors. So this is the, the reality of many, many millions of black people living in America today. So the idea is that because of Black Lives Matter, this lie has gone out across the country that blacks don't want the police. It's just not true. Um, there was a 2015 Gallup poll that showed that um, huge 
percentage of blacks wanted more police. In fact, twice as many blacks wanted higher police presence in their community as whites. So if you're talking about police shootings, um, and we're, we're back again to those numbers from 2019, uh, 14 unarmed black victims, 25 unarmed white victims uh, by, of the police shootings, you know, when they were quote unquote unarmed. So the number of unarmed black shooting victims is down by 63% from 2015 when the database began. But there were about 7,300 black homicide victims a year, which means that the 14 who are killed, the unarmed black people who are killed by the police, it's just like not even, it's not even a blip. 7,300 black lives lost and a bunch of those are children shot in the crossfire and we're burning down America over George Floyd, who again, you know, what a tragedy. So I, I just want everyone to be fully aware that Sunday, May 31st, this year, Chicago had its deadliest day in 60 years. Over the course of that weekend, 25 people were killed and another 85 shot. There was looting and upheavals and an absurd amount of carnage because people were out doing what criminals do. So I want, um, I, I, I want the truth. I want there to be a, 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 reckoning. I want there to be an amazing amount of people who step back from the situation that we're currently in in this country where police are under attack and say to themselves, I still want to be able to dial 911. And and this is if you're a leftist or a rightist or if you you know whatever you, whatever your political persuasion, you have to be willing to admit that something has gone too far. I certainly would if 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 this were the situation were reversed and we were watching uh, conservatives burn down, you know, the suburbs or something, I would, I would absolutely not be on board with that. I wouldn't say, oh, that's justified. They should be able to do that. Even if I felt, wow, some of this must be justified. There's no way I would say up, well, you know, a little bit of burning and looting, you know, that's the way to express yourself. No way. And no one who calls themselves a Christian should feel like they can do that. Like you can justify it. So I want to give a few scriptures as we close out here. I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm appalled, but I'm not in any means broken down by what we're seeing in this country. It is the effect of lawlessness and sin. And when those two things come together, that's what you see. People just releasing every bit of evil within themselves, burning, looting, destroying, and we've got to have it stop. So Isaiah 61, 8 says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and the burnt offering, and I will faithfully give them their recompense and make an everlasting covenant with them. Romans 9, 14 says, What shall we say then? There is no injustice with God, is there? May it never be. Deuteronomy 32, 4 says, The rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are just, a God of faithfulness, and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. So I, you know, that, that's, that's kind of exciting. Um, better is a little with righteousness than a great income with injustice. Proverbs 16, 8. Isaiah 10, 1 says, 
Woe to those who enact evil statutes and to those who constantly record unjust decisions. So when we're looking at the way things are cracking out in this country and we see injustice, we know that God opposes injustice. He is a God of order, of righteousness, and justice. But we also know that the way to get justice is not to use unjust means. Rioting, looting, destroying, attacking law enforcement officers, none of those things will bring justice. Not for anyone who was unjustly killed by the police or any of the thousands of people, blacks and thousands more, who are of every different background, who are unjustly murdered in our country. Every one of their lives should matter. So I don't want there to ever be any mistaking the fact that God is not pleased when we allow others to loot and destroy, when we sit idly by and don't say or do anything about it, when we allow people who are actually working hard to protect and serve to be physically injured and maimed and harmed just by virtue of the fact that they are in law enforcement. I mean, you know, I'm not leaving on a sad note. I'm, I refuse to leave on a sad note. So <laughs> I'm going to leave you with Isaiah 117. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Reprove the ruthless. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. The Lord is righteous within her. He will do no injustice. Every morning he brings his justice to light. He does not fail, but the unjust knows no shame. I'm Stacey Washington, and this has been Stacey on the Right, brought to you by Family Vision Media. See you tomorrow.